Hey, Manifester. I'm Jacqueline Johnston, the creator of Manifest It and the author of the best-selling books, Don't Feel Stuck. Do you want to know how to manifest, manifest faster? Join us because we're about to tell you just how we like to do it. Your cherry decor to go with the cherry picks. Thank you. And look, like I'm at that weird stage of growing my hair out from short to because I have to do a part where my hair is here in March. Oh, and it's yeah. like, look, it's the worst. <laughs> no, it actually yeah. looks, you know what, though? It's unique and it's got an edgy vibe to it. I like it's not it. that bad, actually. Yeah, I like it. I thought it was worse. It was worse in the bathroom. There we go. I was like, <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> Okay, so Johnson. (laughs) Okay, so I was going to ask you about. I mean, well, my internet connection is unstable. Go figure. I'm in Aspen, and like, if the wind blows or a cloud goes by, yeah. But um, I think we're okay because I just logged on to my friend's uh, like better Wi-Fi. That's so, so funny because I was worried about my Wi-Fi here. I just moved to Cincinnati like last week. And so um, I'm kind of afraid my Wi-Fi is going to be a little messed up. So hopefully it'll be okay. And are you doing audio and visual recording or just audio or? I'm just going to do the audio because I, I mainly just do podcasting. So sound good or would it be better if I was on? Um, is, is this sound okay? I mean, I think you sound Okay. When I did this one documentary um, uh, that was like about a, you know, very, uh, what's the word, um, like controversial figure, I did make sure that it was like live and not edited because my words could have been totally taken out of context and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I can see what you mean by that. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I've never done lives before because I'm a perfectionist. So I just try (laughs) A Virgo or what? It's funny you say that. Um, I'm a Pisces, <laughs> but I'm a Virgo rising. Oh, I'm a Virgo rising too. And I know. I saw that on your Twitter thing, and I was like, "Oh, that's so funny," because I'm a Virgo rising too. And so are you hyper organized? Like, oh if my you, god, if things are cluttered for me, I go, like right now the fact that that blanket is folded like that is annoying mm-hmm. the hell out of me. Yes, I'm super organized. I don't like things out of place, which of course, you know, I just moved a week ago and like, oh, uh-huh. like 90% of my stuff is in storage right now. So I feel very discombobulated. And cause I, I was working at the university in, in Texas. And then I came up to do the, to work in the medical school here in Cincinnati. That's a good one. That, oh yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. I really, well, I mean, I've only been there a week so far, but so far it seems like it'll be okay. What are you studying there? I'm actually doing accounting. Accounting and medical? I got my degree from UT Austin, but I got my degree in English literature and I ended up going into accounting. And so I I write books. But you know what's so funny is I heard this joke. My my daughter told it to me. What bugs are the best at math? Accountants. 
Oh, that is so, you know what? I've never heard that before. That is hilarious. How old is she again? She 12? She turned 10. She turned 10, 10 on October 13th. So she's 40. <laughs> she's a Libra. Yeah. <laughs> she's a Libra. And she is like, I never knew any Libras before her. I was never friends with any Libras before her. Oh, really? Um, That's surprising. Cause you're an Aquarius. Yeah. I, you know, and it's interesting because when we started looking into like her stuff, one of the things that, you know, and I don't know much about astrology. Like I'm, you know, I love, I love it. It's super fascinating to me. And like, you know, of course I look for the answers and everything like we all do. Like what does Instagram say about my sign today? They said that Libras are like the mediators, right? Even if my husband and I are in a discussion, not in our, like, or we never fight, but like an argument, a political argument, a discussion about something, whatever. She's like, okay, now dad means this. And we're like, dude, we got this. You have to mediate it. And she uh-huh. was just born that way. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I was something about Libra is like they're, well, they're romantic and they're very charming and sociable. And, but yeah, they like harmony. I mean, I'm a Pisces, which I am sensitive, but I'm also the Virgo rising. So I'm stubborn and organized and like everything happens in a specific order. And, and, and I like clean things. And then I'm an Aries moon. So I'm like, your ram yeah so i'm like aries moon we're gonna change the scope of what a definition of whatever it is is because it doesn't really mean it's that you just think it is because that's what you choose to accept but we're gonna make changes because women should be equal what blasphemy (laughs) um mine is a leo which is like so another fire yeah (laughs) but it's also like it's so (laughs) <laughs> you're like we'll um play some golf later i hope your golf is coming this along is my partner from um from cherry picks actually we have to talk about wake stuff and then her house flooded in in, oh, no. in brooklyn i feel so bad for her but i've had it happen to me so was it from the storm the storm yeah yeah. And but like, you know, I just don't think the basements were equipped. I mean, they definitely aren't equipped in LA. Um, and once we had an El Nino and I remember bailing, like we had not a basement, but like a, you know, like under the house, like storage, everything mm. got at my cabbage patch doll. <laughs> you you had that. And it was one of the original cabbage patch dolls. I still have it. Wow. Like the soft ones. Mm-hmm. And I have the birth certificate still. Oh, I had the body was soft and the face was hard and I had the birth certificate, but I, when I got older, I I gave it away, I guess. I don't know what I did with it. Yeah. People are like, Oh my God, it's worth like blah, blah, blah. blah. And I'm like, no priceless. (laughs) You know how hard it was for me to get my parents to get this cabbage patch doll. Like I had to like, I don't know, take the trash out every day for like, whatever, you know, like, (laughs) yeah worth a lot to me. <laughs> oh, that's great that you kept it. I still have my um first Winnie the Pooh from when I was an infant. So I love Winnie the Pooh. I have yeah. my do you know Zippy? It's probably you're probably like in your what what are you like 28, 30? I'll be 39 in March. You look great. And so do I don't you hate it when people say that we look great when we're older? I know like, because we look I younger. <laughs> I mean I'm age fluid now. So oh <laughs> <laughs> actually really do feel age fluid well i mean time is a concept it's not real so it makes sense 
And also depending on like who you're with, like I can hang out with my daughter and her friends and obviously I'm the mom, but I'm more like 23 Mm -hmm. and then I can hang out with my parents friends. And I'm like, depending on what we're talking about, I can be 16 to like 50. Oh, uh yeah. I'm an only child. So growing up, I was always listening to my parents' music before any of my friends did. I was 13 and my friends were like, why are you listening to that old stuff? I'm like, it's not old. It's like Like rock and roll, baby. Real rock and roll. Yeah. And then by the time I was a junior in high school, that's when everybody started to listen to it. And I said, see, I'm way more progressive than you think. And then you guys all just copy me. Um, Was it Fleetwood Mac? (laughs) Oh, it was all of it. It was like Led Zeppelin, Fleetwood Mac. Um, I love Bruce Springsteen and like the police and Steely Dan and... I mean, all of it. I listened to all of it. That's so exciting. Yeah, me too. It's that's funny because I haven't, you know, I'm going to write the police down because when I drove out here, I just drove out here and my friend gave me the first live album of Bruce Springsteen. And I was never a Bruce Springsteen fan. Like I went to the USA concert, of course, you know, like, cause like, you know, whatever I was dragged. It was so good. It was like, it was so, I was like, wow, it really is like, I'm kind of getting into him again or not again, like for the first time now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like the Eagles and yeah. um, like I, I, Dan, I have a hard time with, I don't know. Like there's a couple of the good songs, but I saw, I like, I bought tickets by myself to leave Aspen. This was a couple of years ago to go to Dodger stadium, fly to LA for two days to see the Eagles, the lead singer's son, who, the lead singer who's passed away. Mm-hmm. His son actually was singing. Sounds exactly yeah. like him. Yeah. I saw the Eagles two years ago. Yeah. I was- Stadium? No, um, they came through Dallas, and so were they, it, were they with like Steely Dan and and Fleetwood Mac and all that. No, no, I forget who the opener was. He's some famous country singer, but Vince Gill was with them on stage, and then yeah, the son of Glenn Fry was there singing. Oh yeah, that's his name. yeah, Glenn Fry. What's his name? Something Fry, obviously. But um, Mr. Fry. <laughs> yeah, we'll go on that hottie Fry because he was very attractive. Yeah. Um, but it was them. It was. Steely Dan, it was Earth, Wind, Fire, um, Journey, mm-hmm. and the Eagles, and then one other one other band. And so I took two different friends, different nights. And my friend Layla from Africa had never heard anyone or any of the songs except for the Steely Dan songs. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's kind of surprising. I was like, you don't know Hotel California? Yeah. Like, everyone hates that song. You know, like the journey, journey, journey. I brought, I brought my other friend because I never liked journey, but she was like a big journey head. She lived in Massachusetts, but then I like in concert, they were amazing. Yeah. I've never seen journey. My, I mean, my favorites are are Bruce Springsteen, obviously. I'm like, I met him. He's really nice. And then yeah. Sting and the police. Like I freaking love the police because I love (laughs) reggae. I like love the reggae sound. I love reggae. Yeah. So, um, and then, yeah. Um, I love Shirley Manson with garbage. You know, that band. I love her. Oh, garbage. Yeah. Sorry. I thought you meant Marilyn Manson. I was like, really? No, no Shirley. No, no. Yeah. I know Shirley. Garbage. Yeah. yeah. Shirley is a badass. Concrete blonde. I like to listen to, well, the Eagles cause I went to their concert, obviously and you know, Paul McCartney and John Lennon and all that stuff. I saw Paul McCartney couple of years ago in Dallas. Well, it was in Arlington at the Ranger Stadium, um, but it was a lot of fun. It is fun. I saw him probably 20 years, well, 18 years ago. 
and it was great, but he's such a different guy now. I know. Yeah. He's, he's, it's funny because when I was watching this interview that he and St. Vincent, who is also like one of my top faves, I love St. Vincent. Oh, I, down, I don't know that. Okay. It's a, she's like a female Bowie. No way. Yeah. She's amazing. And each album is its own thing. So she doesn't right. play the same music throughout each album. Downloading that tonight. Thank yeah, you. Her, she plays guitar. She has her own designed guitar. She's a Libra. She has, it's funny, I'm like attracted to all the Libras and Aquarians and Geminis because my boyfriend's a Gemini and like Sting's a Libra, Bruce Springsteen's a Libra, St. Vincent's Libra, although Shirley is a Virgo. Um, but but yeah, so she Gemini, that's gotta be hard. You know, um, at times it can be because I feel like he doesn't always say what he means, even though he says he does, but I don't think he always does. That could just be a male trait, but at the same time, I have this friend who's a Libra, who's a male, who literally says one thing and his actions are the complete opposite. Mm. You know, he'll be like, I don't want, you know, I don't want to date. I don't want to get attached. I don't want a girlfriend. Where are you? What are you doing? Who are you with? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> you know, like, like, well, because like Jim, like Gemini's the twins, right? So they they have two different personalities, and so I always wonder, like, okay, well, what are you really thinking? That's what I, you know, when I ask him things. We're also fragmented. Do you do you listen to Teal Swan at all? I do. I like her. Yeah. I've just kind of recently gotten into her. And then of course I like, it, it took me a while to like decide to go, all right, I'll pay four ninety nine for, you know, a, a meditation. Mm-hmm. Like I buy movies for it all the time. And I did this meditation the other day that was so powerful of hers. And I don't remember which one it is. Cause then of course I went and bought like four more. Mm-hmm. She's a Gemini. Is she? Mm-hmm. Sure. I mean, but she talks about, how all of us have all these fragmented parts of ourselves based yeah. on growing up in our childhood and who we were supposed to be around certain people. So yeah. I imagine with the Gemini's and I, again, like I'm not an astrologer, but I imagine that it's, it's like twice as many, <laughs> you know, in the room, mm-hmm. you know, so I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Well, um, yeah, St. Vincent, she's a Libra and she created her own female version, like a guitar for females, basically, because she's, she said in an interview with Graham Norton, she said, I'm a small person and guitars are really heavy. So I wanted to create something that was more ergodynamic, but also lightweight, but carried a powerful sound. So she, she teamed up with Ernie Ball's Music Man guitar company and created her own signature guitar. And it's on the market. It comes in tons of colors. Wait a and- Oh, you have a guitar too? I have one. I, I don't know if this is her or not. Oh, no. Hers is like totally different. It, it's like, compl- it's not an acoustic. Hers is an electric. It's lightweight and it carries a really heavy, powerful electric sound. And um, so, yeah, so she she's like an innovator in the music industry. And I love that she's a female Bowie because like she doesn't care what people say and think and she just does her own thing. And then and then like over the years, she's gained more and more success. And and now right now she's on tour with Beck's uh, lead guitarist. Like he's in her band right now. Oh, my gosh. It's yeah. so strange. Like, so my brother's a jazz guitarist. Oh, that's and cool. He, and right. And he's always kind of um, done his own tours, his own albums. Uh, he's had managers and whatnot. But then 
his album was like discovered by David Bowie's producer or last producer. And now he's making an album like he's making my brother's album. He's producing my brother's album. My brother's like sending me the songs that I've known forever. And they're like 10,000 times better. Wow. Because of the producer and the mm-hmm. editing or whatever happens in that, you know, and I'm not very knowledgeable of the business, but yeah. um, it's just, it's like, I wonder if that producer worked with St. Vincent at all or knows St. Vincent or maybe, or yeah. Who She's knows? best friends with Carrie Brownstein. If that helps. Oh, like. is funny. No. <laughs> 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 Well, I'm not. <laughs> yes. No, I, I don't. See, the comedian you're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I was like, are we talking about the same one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she has her own band too, right? I mean, Does she? yeah, I saw her on stage uh, on the, not on stage, oh, but she on. Does funny songs? Does she do funny songs? No, like, I mean, she does like, it's a girl band that she's in and like, she makes music and, and she was on, I think it was it James Corden or Colbert. I can't remember. It was a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, I didn't know she did music because I, I just know her of, like doing like the movie stuff. You know, I didn't know that she was a musician, but. Um, have you heard of King Princess? Mm-mm. So write this down. Okay. King Princess. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I was introduced to them like probably five years ago. And I like fell in love with this, this music. And then the other day got a, an email and was like, Oh, they're coming to town. So I was like, bought tickets. And, and I was like, what do you mean? I, I just got tickets for Casey Musgroves. How did that happen? Oh, I like but opening for Casey Musgroves, but they're not at all alike. Oh, wow. Like, that's interesting. So listen mm-hmm. to the song 1950s by King Princess okay. of our thing. Cause I bet you, I would be surprised if you didn't like it. It's, super unique you know she just has her like i just think she's amazing but she's not she didn't break out like Billie eilish did but um i just feel like that's like yet because i think she's well she's like non-binary so maybe that's why i mean maybe she she has to deal with that kind of yeah i'm not sure Um, casey musgrave she's a virgo she is Mm -hmm. you know yeah well i like her i like her music Oh, I think it was the the concert. I'm so excited. (laughs) Yeah, that should be fun. But yeah, speaking of non-binary, like you created the cherry picks. And I I just, first of all, I I find you very inspiring because, I mean, not only do you juggle a lot of things at once, but you're successful at it. And I don't even know where to begin to ask you, like, how did you get here? (laughs) Because the cherry picks is, is a really cool business and it's a cool mission because again, you know, I believe females should be equal and in every industry, whether you're doing, you know, academia or you're doing Hollywood or whatever industry you're in, women are still not equal. And now that you mentioned the non-binary, like I just, love how you come up with these ideas and you put them into motion and then they become successful. And I just want to know, how did you get here? Because cold iron pictures, that's super successful too. And I just want to know, cause there's, I have a lot of young listeners that are in their twenties and they're mostly female and they're women that want to start their own business or they have, and they just, they're not sure what are the next steps to like grow their success. I know everybody says the same thing, including me, you know, like it doesn't happen overnight. You don't get a number one bestseller overnight. You got to like plug in and take the steps. But I like to get everybody's perspective because there isn't one way to success. And it sounds so cliched, 
but everyone gets tired of hearing it. And then my whole point of the podcast is to listen to what other people's ideas are. And hopefully I can motivate some women who are listening to my podcast and hopefully with my guests like you, the Aquarian goddess that you are, which is so funny because I am, I'm attracted to air signs and they're attracted to me. It's just the weirdest thing. <laughs> I don't know why. Pisces water, right? Or are they not water? Yeah, they Pisces are. is water. Crap. Cancers are not water. And I always thought that was weird. No, Cancer is water. Is? Yeah. Aquarius, like, Aquarius, Aquarius is an air. air. And, yeah. and we should be water because we're like the water bearers. Right, right. right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is all so bizarre. Well, I know it is. Say one thing, which is, I mean, actually, I have a, th- a thousand things to say. Okay. But the definition of success is, is really interesting. And I'm just at this point in my life where people like yourself or my friends or anyone are saying how successful I am. Right. And I know that I have accomplished a lot, but success is kind of like a perceived idea of what it is. Right. Cause I'll be honest with you financially cherry picks, you know, we've only been up for three years. So, and we're starting to make money now, but we're, you know, financially, if you look at success in terms of finances, you know, we're still burning more than we're making. We're now at least making. So it's like, you know, by year five, we should be equal. And then, you know, ideally, and then by a year seven, hopefully we'll be more right. (laughs) So it's all kind of about sticking around. So, And success, like with cherry picks, like I feel like, well, a lot of different things. I'll get into how cherry picks came about first, because this is something that's really kind of crazy. So I didn't come up with cherry picks. Cherry picks came to me. (laughs) Okay. I know that that sounds very strange. And I, you know, my mother's boyfriend's like, you need to take ownership of your idea. And I'm like, no, no, no. I literally did not want to do this. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't. I made a movie with Lake Bell and it was for women and all of my girlfriends who were not in the business. You know, if you're in the business, you very like dissect a film. And like, if you're a critic or a movie maker, you're really not pick it apart, but you know, sensitive to everything. Um, But like, you know, the average moviegoer who's a woman really liked it. It was a cute movie. It's exactly what she wanted to make. And my job as a producer was to make her movie exactly how she wanted to make it. Right. The reviews started coming out. And they were mostly men talking about how disappointed they were in her. And it was like this weird and how she should have had a more feminist voice. And I was like, wait a second, who are you to say that? Yes. In a world was a a, a feminist movie. Right. And this one was about love. Okay. And we can actually feel both. Okay. As women, we can want to fall in love and whatever. And we can also want to be in business and like breakthrough. So it's just, it was so condescending. And I was like, well, where are the women reviews? You know, and I would like look around for the women reviews and I found some here and there and they didn't necessarily like the movie more or less than the men. It was just the way they wrote about it. And because there was Rotten Tomatoes and there was this scoring system and it had like a splat, right? Even though it was at like 64%. So more than half of the reviewers liked it. And it still is like a splat, right? Which makes 
my friend Lake at the time feel like shit. Okay. And I'm like, wait a second. I don't understand why a splat shouldn't be less than 50. You know what I mean? First of all, because that makes sense. Like if half of the people like it, how can you say it's bad? Exactly. It, I don't understand the rotten tomato like rating scale. I, I, like, is it and like academia where if you like make under 70, you like fail? They have their own kind of scoring system and we have our own scoring system for cherry picks, which that I did create. Yes. Yeah. I like that. Uh, came up with that part, but this is how the idea kind of came. So, so I'm looking around trying to find the female stuff and I'm like writing down I'm like, okay, here's, here's, you know, this person from this thing. And then I'm like, well, where's the like score? Like, where can I find just what the women's score is? And there were sites that had just women reviews that female reviewers kind of had to pay to get on and stuff like that. But a lot of the female reviews I found were not on Rotten Tomatoes. They were from film female bloggers. And I was like, well, that's weird. I'm like, okay, so there's no way I can find out what the female score is. And then a lot of these women that I am reading their reviews aren't on Rotten Tomatoes. Why not? And then I looked into the criteria of what you could do to be a critic on Rotten Tomatoes. And again, they've changed a little bit since me too, but this was before. And the guidelines of what you had to have done before you could be a a Rotten Tomato critic. I mean, women of color were not hired. Okay, at the New York Times and held a job there for 10 years or whatever. And women in general were not hired for those jobs either. So like to qualify even like what, like to how many times you got published or whatever. It's like, well, when people aren't hiring you because you're a woman or you're a woman of color or you're non-binary, like because whatever you they couldn't qualify. So I was like, this is ridiculous. The next day I'm driving to work. And my driver's side window's down and I'm on Melrose and this idea, I guess, or it's an entity actually flies into my window and comes into my space and says, you're going to start the cherry picks. It is going to be the female, you know, scoring system. It's not going to be just thumbs up, thumbs down. And you are going to do this. And I was like, and the cherry picks, what a great idea. And like, what a great name. Like, and it came to me. It wasn't like, it came to me light bulb. No, it literally had its own soul. (laughs) Okay. If you call it that. And I know this sounds really weird, but this is one of those places I feel like I can talk about that. Well, yeah, everything's energy. So it was, no. And so I walk into my, um, my office and I'm, I'm about to premiere this like really controversial documentary in New York that everyone's going to hate me for. I think I'm editing this other movie that I just finished with Jim Gaffigan, which is also, you know, like kind of controversial about a two timing dad and still me too. Hasn't happened or anything like that. And I walk into my producing partner's office and I'm like, Hey, Amanda, I had this great idea. You know, now I've already started, you know, a production company. I've already directed movies. I've been acting in movies. I started a distribution company. Like, so and like, I have a lot going on and she's like, and I'm like, here's the idea, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, yeah, that's a great idea. And no, you're not going to start it right now. You're about to, you're going to go back in your editing room and you're going to finish the edit. And then we're going to fly to New York and you're going to try not to screw up the press. If we get any on this documentary that you made trying to push everybody's buttons. Okay. And I'm like, you're right. What was I thinking? That's okay. You're right. So I ignore the idea. Cause I'm like, of course I can't do it. I'm doing too many other things. Like that's silly. But then every time I'm in the bathroom, 
it's right there. And it's like, hello, hello. Every time I'm in the shower, it's like, Miranda, you really need to start, you know, me and more ideas start coming in of like, oh, and it can have a podcast and the podcast can be called Cherry Pop. And it can be about how female sexuality is portrayed. Like all of a sudden it's talking to me about all these things it can be. And I'm like, stop it. I don't know how to make an internet site. I make movies and I'm even, I'm, I don't even know how good I am at that. So like, <laughs> please do not bother me anymore. And then I go to Toronto and I'm invited to this critic thing. And I look around the room and it's all white men, one black man, one Hispanic man and two women. And I don't even remember, like, I, I think they were both white women. And I was like, oh, I don't really have a choice. Like, yeah. this isn't okay that this critics dinner that I've been invited to as a filmmaker has no female critics or even people of color critics, you know, but, you know, as someone who's freckled <laughs> uh, Hispanic side of the family, but not, I've never been discriminated against about anything other than my age, weight, and uh, gender. <laughs> I can't, I, I'm not the right person to start, a, you know, a, a person of color uh, thing, but as a woman, I could start it. So I decided I would do it. And I said to the idea in the shower, I said, okay, here's the thing. I know one person. Okay. One person was my best friend's sister who has started a website before and works in the space of the thing. And she started girls and she sold one of the first websites ever. And she started this thing with, uh, called wifey TV with Jill Soloway at the time was now Joey. And I don't even like her. Okay. Cherry picks. I don't even like her, but I'll call her. And if she will like the idea and want to work on it with me, then I'll do it. But if she says, no, you need to leave me alone and go find someone else. Cause I'm really busy. <laughs> so this girl who's my best friend's sister, who normally doesn't even reply to my emails, you know, <laughs> I write her, I call, you know, I call her, her sister first. I'm like, here's the thing. What do you think? She's like, you know what? You might as well try. Sounds like something she'd like. I'm like, Oh, then I'm going to have to do it. <laughs> yeah. Because you made, you took accountability and you told somebody about it. Yeah. But also I like made a promise to the entity yeah. of Cherry Picks, the, 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 it's own, you know, it's its own entity. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. um, and it's, and, and, and I called her and then like, obviously she, you know, the next day she's like, let me think about it. And then she said, yes. And then we began working on it and it took us kind of a year to develop it. And then another year to like start building the site and as we're building the site, Me Too happens, you know, and it was still like, you know, it's still super challenging. And, you know, we were in New York and I was in L.A. and it was, it was very challenging. And again, like neither one of us really quite knew how big of an undertaking that we were. We were basically doing becoming a publishing company. So it costs way more and took way longer, you know, and, and we're still building new stuff like we are right now building something that's going to be launched soon, which we're trying to come up with a name for, but it's basically where you as just a consumer can score the movies on your like phone. Oh, okay. Yeah. The so rating you, can system. And you can give it two cherries, a bowl of cherries, the pits or one cherry, mm -hmm. and you can like do that. And then you can share it with your friends and be like, I, you know, so that you can like be active in it, but not, you know, we don't want to have, you know, the accident happen of trolls that write mean things, 
but it's almost like a game where you're like, want to watch later or stuff like that. Yeah. We took off during the pandemic, which was kind of crazy because I was so afraid I was going to have to let these girls that work for me go. Mm-hmm. And instead, we just started getting a ton of viewers. And then all these publicists started calling us with talent, asking us to interview them. And we started Cherry Chats and the podcast we were able to do during the pandemic because we didn't have to be in a certain space. And it was actually like half the price. It was really miraculous. And Cherry Picks has promised me that it will be worth it for me. You know, (laughs) (laughs) it was really stressful in, and, you know, I really wanted to make sure I was doing the right thing, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, you know, you're not always going to please everybody. And, and in fact, I pissed off a lot of people. I mean, it's funny because someone said, don't you think you're, you're being sexist by not having men critics on your site? And I said, men can go start dick pics if they want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I started manifested four years ago and in 2019, I, I was making like a profit and then the pandemic happened and it just went into the ground. So, so I kind of, in a way I, I feel like I'm like in a rebirth, but I'm doing it better this time around. So um, you know, I read, I redid my whole website and I did hire somebody to do it because yeah, like you, I don't, I don't know what to do. I was using like WordPress before and, and I was just doing, you know, like the basic things. And, um, and so I, I took 2020 and a little bit of 2021 to just kind of reframe myself. And I actually think that I was meant to go through that in order to understand, oh, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to have this now. And if I didn't go through, you know, scenario A or scenario B, then I wouldn't be where I am now. And I feel like in your case, it it was divine timing for the cherry picks entity to, you know, just constantly make itself present in your, in your mind, because, you know, you see with your mind, not your eyes. And, and then, like you said, the me too movement happened and it was just like, Oh, look how everything's coming together now, because now all these women are starting to voice themselves more, which I think is great. Cause, um, in the corporate world, when I was in a corporate environment, I was always like the whistleblower because I was like the, the Norma Ray. I was like, no, that's not fair. You know? And I would always voice my opinion and like get myself in trouble for it. And, and whereas in academia, like it's encouraged to like share your opinion, opinion and like share your voice. And so I was so glad, I mean, as unfortunate as it is for women to go through abuse and I am also a me too person I feel like now we're finally starting to to have a voice even though we still have a long way to go and so I I think that we're, yeah we're, we're more like I think the greatest part of me too if you think about it is it's I'm with you right you had an experience and me too right so we're together yeah. and before that, 
you know, there were a limited amount of jobs for us, which there still are. There's a limited amount of pay, which there still is. It's getting better. But we were taught, you know, from when we were born that we had to like beat out the other person. Right. And I was never good at that. Like even in in ski racing, I was, but like, I never felt competitive when it came to acting or anything like that, because I always knew there's no way I could ever beat any of them (laughs) or like, you know, or, or just like, I knew that I had no, like, I didn't look like anyone else. And it was unfortunate at, for me at the time when I thought it, cause I, in my twenties, cause I was like, I wish I could just be a tall, skinny blonde girl with big boobs, you know, (laughs) you know, so I never, I never, the uniqueness, I never really competed against, you know, or had it because it was, it was, it was, I could barely get any work because I was too unique. Right. But now I have found, I've found like, I particularly really enjoy mentoring women and men. Honestly, Uh, I really enjoy like having people find their true purpose and find their power and not be afraid to, to take action essentially. And so with things like the cherry picks or any of the ideas that I've had coming or any ideas you have, or we all do, whether there are ideas or ideas that come to us, if you do not do anything about them, then someone else will. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, It it will happen. And, um, you know, I mean, how many people, how many times have people been like, that's the movie I was going to make, or that's the, and I was, came up with Ziplocs or whatever, you know? And it's like, yeah, but if you don't do it, if you don't take the steps to do it, then, you know, it won't happen. And I think that the, the big difference between men and women that I've noticed, you know, in hindsight is men, you know, have been taught to go get it you know, and you can learn along the way. And we've always been taught, or at least my generation was, you know, make sure you really know what you're doing before you put yourself out there, because otherwise you're going to look like a fool and you're going to get, you're going to be getting the stupid woman. So there was so many opportunities that I got, you know, given that I was offered when I was younger that I turned down because I wasn't ready yet, Mm. which is, you know, it's not a regret I have because I, I I don't have that many regrets and I don't really believe in regrets. You know, obviously there's things I regret saying and stuff like that to people, but um, we don't have to, I did not know how to make a movie until I made one. I did not know how to build a website until I started building one. I did not know how to be a mom until I gave birth and I still don't. So, you know, I think we need to embrace the fact that it's okay that we don't know. Because you can learn along the way and you learn along the way by failures and successes and also like researching while you're doing it. I mean, I'm doing masterclass. I've already directed a comedy and I'm, I've just finished Judd, Judd Apatow's masterclass on it because it's available. And there's so many tools that we have to learn, you know, and, and, you know, my, my most important thing that I would say is like what success is, is taking action. You don't have to win. You don't have to make money, you know, to be successful at what you want to. What you have to do is start it and complete it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Because in 2020, I, like I said, like my book sales just went and then I was like, all right, well, let me reframe what I've all, what the things I wanted to do, but let me like reframe it and keep going. And now in 2021, I'm making money again. And so it's like, it's not really a setback. It's just you're given a pivot. You pivoted. So that's the thing is it's like, and you always do have to be on your feet with anything that we do relationships, parenting, business, school, the world, like, you know, you, you, what doesn't bend breaks. Okay. So if you're resisting, consistently resisting a change that's happening instead of just going, okay, it's happening. I got to just figure it out. And somehow you have to kind of fall and like trust that. And it's hard trust that it will all work out. But if you think about it, like if you're listening to this, like every day so far you've survived <laughs> yeah. you know, and you will continue to survive. And this worry we have about what if I don't do it right? Or what if people say something bad about me? Or what if I screw it up is, um, you know, what if you don't screw it up? What if people say good things about you? Like you have to find the other voice in your head to talk to the one that we've been taught our whole lives is there. And it's interesting because I have a daughter and, you know, she's not getting the same lessons that I, that I'm getting, but my son isn't either. And that's a good thing and a bad thing, you know? Um, Um, But I was going to tell you, like when you said that um, girls are taught to, you know, are you sure you want to do this? You know, maybe you should, you know, take some time before you take action. And I was, and I don't know if it's because I grew up, I'm from Austin, Austin, Texas. And I don't know if it's because I grew up in the South, but I was also taught that. And I think it was because my mom was like passing it down to me and not realizing she was doing it, you know? And and so I'm not a parent, but I often wonder how many of our beliefs, which I do, I do talk about this in my books, but how, how many of our beliefs are we just familiar with? And are we just, you know, adhering to them all the time because it's familiar? And how many of our beliefs are we saying, you know what? No, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to change how I think and how I focus. And, and I agree with you. I think, especially because, you know, I'm, my company's manifested and I write books about law of attraction and I worked with physicists for a long time. And, and I just, I, I think so many people get the idea of like spirituality and manifestation. I think they have it a little skewed because people think you're just supposed to think and then it comes to you. And if it doesn't come to you, then you're doing it wrong. And I'm over here like, no, you got to take action. Like show what's the like strongest vibration of energy taking action. So it's like, show the universe what you want and the universe is going to reflect to you. And so I think that being a woman now that I'm almost 40 and now I'm realizing like, oh, everything I did in my 20s, I didn't have to do that. I just thought that I was supposed to do that because, you know, that's what, you know, maybe my mom probably passed it down to me, not realizing it. But also, I mean, maybe not my mom, you know, my even my family members in general. And it's like, like you said, you don't have regrets and I don't really have regrets either other than not getting on Shamu when I was five, when asked if I wanted to get on Shamu. Girl, I have that same regret. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, that's the only regret I have. But I gave I, it to my friend, and where is she now? You know, come on. <laughs> but I feel like if I could go back and do my twenties all over again, I, I think I would definitely say like "fuck you" to a lot of people and just do my thing. Yeah, I understand. People say that a lot. Like people say, "What would you say to your younger self?" And I would always say, "You're not fat," right? Because, you know, when you get older and you look back at your photos, you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe I thought these things about myself. And then where did those things come from? And then you realize it came from like, you know, television and media and whatnot and all that. And but at the same time, if you think about every everything in your life, you know, your 20s, all those you would never be able to build the self-esteem that you have going into your 40s without having low self-esteem before that. Right. Yep. So we'd all like to go back to our 20 year old bodies. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't want to actually, you know what? I've, I've gotten much better with age. Oh, <laughs> um, good for you. Or at least just in the way I look at myself, just because as you get in your forties as a woman, like I've found like my sexual energy is heightened. Whereas I have this kind of theory, which I don't know if this has to do with manifesting or anything. Cause I do have, some things to say about manifesting, but this just going back to like 20s, 30s, 40s, I have this theory um, now uh, that, you know, in your 20s, like I was, you know, like everyone's like, oh, didn't you experiment in college? And didn't you, you know, like pl- you know, mess around or whatever? And it's like, no, I had to find a husband and I had to start my career. So I needed You're to getting the, seriously. You so were getting the MRS degree. What's that? Oh, the Mrs. Yeah. Degree. Yeah. And, I, you know, honestly, it's like, you know, that was just like, that's just like, I knew I wanted to be an actress. And mm-hmm. then I knew that in order for me to act in the things that I wanted to do, because I did a lot of stuff that I didn't like. And I was like, you know, I'd rather do stuff, small roles and things I like mm-hmm. than wait around for a job and have other people tell me when I can and can't work, I'm just going to make my own work. And if it doesn't work out and, and it was very scary to do that because at the time, even the actresses that were famous, like even Drew Barrymore, she hadn't started her company yet. Like the the men had some companies. So I partnered with a man who was a director for my production company in order to be taken seriously. Right. And Mm -hmm. I didn't even know that I was doing that. I just knew I couldn't do it on my own because I was a girl. Yeah. Right. So, um, but now I can look back and be like, of course I could have done it on my own. Lena Dunham d- did it, but like she did it 20 years later when you could do it. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, um, but uh, so in your twenties, you know, for a woman, you know, I did have friends who were able to, you know, be more sexually free than I was. I was always concerned about, you know, being treated with respect because I, I wanted to find, you know, just someone who I could be the father of my children. Cause I obviously had to have children cause I'm a woman and that's my purpose on earth. Uh, and, uh, but I really needed a career. So I had to find a guy who would be cool with me having a career. And even though I was offered to sleep with people for a career, they were fat and ugly and old. And I wasn't about to do that. Or one was really skinny and old. Anyway, oh, it was not for me at the time. Now, Pierce Brosnan, now, you betcha. Tell me what you <laughs> But um, so, so we're trying to do that. So then we're in our 30s. And for me and a lot of my friends, like that's like, okay, you're married. You started, you know, building your career. You're in the middle of it. And, um, and now you have to start a family. Like you have to start having babies. 
uh, because you're late, like you're in your thirties and like our parents did it in their twenties. So it's like time for you to do it. And it's like, okay, well now I have to do that. So then all of a sudden you're like building a family, building a business. And the last thing you're thinking about is yourself really, you know, yeah. uh, even though those are for yourself, but the last thing you're thinking about is like, you know, I need to look hot or whatever. In fact, you just, I didn't even feel like myself at all. Mm-hmm. Like I was, whose boobs are these? Like they're giant and filled with like blood vessels or like whose ass is this? You know, like what the fuck? You know, like, uh, and then in my forties, my career started getting better and my kids started getting easier and older. And then I started to look at myself and be like, Oh, well, I kind of want to do this. And I kind of want to do that. And my career, like by then I'd been working for 20 years, failed, a million times succeeded like five. Uh, but I knew what I liked and knew what I didn't like. And then I started thinking about myself. And so in our forties, suddenly, you know, I've become much more sexually interested in, you know, new things and different types of sex and different types of partners and not just heterosexuality and, you know, all these different kinds of things. And it's funny because the men in their forties, they're like, okay, I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, right. And the women are like, wait a second. I just got here. <laughs> I am, tie me up, you know, whatever, like go but, ahead. And yeah. dis- 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 disrespect me, honey. Yeah. Myself now. So it's fine. <laughs> oh my God. It's so funny. You say that because in my twenties, okay. When I was in my twenties, I, I was with a Hollywood executive. Biggest oh, mistake. Girl, who was it? I was with him too. <laughs> no, I wasn't. <laughs> uh, biggest mistake of my life. Um, but, you know, I was so concerned about, yeah, being like the feminine woman. And now that I'm older, I feel like I could just be whoever I want to be. And that's totally okay. And my boyfriend, he's a little bit older than me. And he's just kind of like, oh, I'm tired. Oh, Yeah. And they are tired. <laughs> <laughs> and don't get me wrong. He works all day. He's a chemist. He works all freaking day long. So I know he's tired. So, yeah. so how uh, do you juggle, how do you juggle the cold iron pictures with the cherry picks with everything else that you're doing? Cause I mean, that's a lot on your plate. And I, I have a lot of stuff I do on my plate too, with the book writing. And then I re- and I'm article writing and then the academia and then the relationship and, and, you know, we just, I just moved up here to be, you know, we're to be, we were in a long distance relationship before, but I feel like, oh my gosh, I feel so overwhelmed. And I'm like, how am I going to juggle all this? Because yeah, before it was like, well, I'm long distance. So as long as I dedicate like an hour a night, this is the thing we can't do it all alone. Yeah. And one of the things that my father taught me that was one of the smartest things that he taught me was always work with people who are smarter than you. Mm -hmm. And I've done that as I'm directing movies. Now um, I was able to produce movies of Noah Baumbach and James Gunn and Daniels and Mari Heller. And I learned by producing their movies, you know, Mm -hmm. so Like I put myself through my own film school that way. And I didn't know that I was doing it. And I would say for the people who, you know, talk about like the law of attraction and whatnot, it's, it's very interesting because when I was little, I always knew what I want to do. 
which was, I wanted to live in Hollywood. I wanted to have a pool and I wanted to make movies. Right. I didn't know what it looked like, but I would daydream about it here and there. And one day in my thirties, I looked around and I was living in Hollywood. I had a pool and I was making movies and I was like, Oh my God, I totally manifested this. And it's not like I did mantras or, you know, anything like that. It's like, can you see it? Like, so, you know, can you, can you see it? And I remember I was having this like, kind of, I guess it was a, a, a hard moment in, in, in my, uh, I guess, I don't know if I was in my thirties or forties when I was partnered with the, with the guy mm-hmm. who was the director and I knew it wasn't right. And he was very, very abusive to me verbally and emotionally. Uh, and he was totally using me and I knew it and I should have gotten out of the relationship longer, but I didn't believe in myself enough. Mm-hmm. You know, I was always too afraid to be on my own, uh, until I finally did. So I was talking to my dad's friend, right. And I was like, I don't know what to do. Cause like, you know, he's my business partner and blah, blah, blah. He's also like one of my best friends and da, da. and he said to me, and this is before I only directed this documentary called Greenlit, which was an accidental directing job. It was supposed to be a video, like for the for the for the DVD, mm-hmm. like behind the scenes, and it ended up becoming its own documentary. Have you seen it, Greenlit? I haven't seen it, but I've heard of it. Yeah, you gotta watch it. It's short okay. and it's funny. It's hilarious. Um, and it's I do true. like hilarious. It's true. <laughs> it's really funny. And for shits and giggles, I submitted it to South by Southwest and got in. Right. All of a sudden I was a director and I'd been to South by with lots of movies I produced, but they never flew me out, never paid attention to me. You know, I was always, you know, Mm -hmm. only the director got paid attention to. So when I went and I was the director, it was like a whole new thing. And I was like, Oh no, this is awesome. But I'm having this kind of crisis of faith with my business partner. If I want to stay with him because, you know, he was the director and I started you know, I guess conflict started then when I, I guess in his mind was competing with him in some way, which was bizarre. But so my dad's friend says to me, well, Miranda, where do you see yourself in five years? And I was like, what? I don't know. He's like, well, just think about it. In five years, what do you want to be doing? And I go, well, I want to be directing and I want to have a distribution company because I think the distribution companies out there are like totally screwing over filmmakers, but I want to be directing and I want to do that. He's like, okay. So then start taking the steps to do that. And whatever will happen, will work out with, with Matt was his name eventually. Mm -hmm. And uh, oddly enough, five years later, I was on the set of a movie starring Jim Gaffigan that I was directing that Imagine was producing. And all I had to do was, Think about where do I want to be? I don't have to know what the steps are, right? Just what is my intention? And I never thought it would actually happen or not happen. I wasn't like afraid that it wouldn't happen because it already wasn't happening. So what's the point of being afraid? And then recently I've gone through another kind of crisis of faith with moving my family to Aspen and I'm going back and forth and I don't know what I'm doing. And like, I told you, I'm going through this whole new, you know, who am I? And my friend, uh, Naomi, whose sister works with me at Cherry Fix and I were talking, I was like, I just feel like I'm on a fault line and there's an earthquake and I'm literally just 
stepping from side to side, trying not to fall in. Mm-hmm. And I don't know w- w- where I'm going to end up or like what's going to happen or like what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And she goes, well, in one year, like, is there anything you can see for yourself in one year, you know, besides this movie or directing or that movie? And I was like, well, I mean, I really would like to redecorate like the LA house. And like, I would totally want to do that. Yeah. I see in one year that house, the house of the pool, you know, that's basically set up for like, you know, kids and pet friendly and like, all, it's all my parents old shit. Like it's not even my stuff. Unique redone in my own vision, my own way. And now I'm doing it. Yeah. So it's that Aquarius in you that is the visionary. And then but if, since we're both Virgo rising, I get, I can sometimes get tripped up on the details, but at the end of the day, everything that I manifested, you know, getting out of debt, uh, and honestly meeting Bruce Springsteen, that was a manifestation. Yeah. Starting the podcast and interviewing people who work in Hollywood, getting to a number one bestseller for my books, everything that I've done it's the exact same as you say. I, I I think about it. I I write it down because I find if I write it down and I write it as if it already happened or if it is happening, then it gives me that motivational, inspirational, like soul nudge push that I need to take manifesting action. And I I literally will. I'll I'm a doer, and then I think about like, oh well, if I make a mistake, then I'll. I'll fix it later. And so sometimes that kind of (laughs) like creates mistakes for me, but sometimes I do let my fear go, well, wait, I gotta, I gotta figure this out and I gotta figure out A, B, C, D. And then I'm like, no, I don't need to do that. I don't need. And every single time I just like fully let go of the how it instantly manifests. It's crazy. I didn't, I didn't know how to redecorate a house. I don't know. I didn't have the money to do it either. And then I literally like asked my second father, Brian Dennehy is in heaven right now. who like hangs out with me all the time. Uh, Hey, uh, I really like some money to come from like an unknown source, you know, like out of nowhere, if you could just kind of make this happen. And it literally did. It was the craziest thing. Like all of a sudden there's these child tax credits that are coming. And then um, all of a sudden my friend wanted to rent my house. And all of a sudden my other friend wanted to rent a room there. And then all of a sudden, like I sold this couch or whatever. And I was like, Oh, okay. This is great. And then I was like, okay, well, I don't, you know, I don't, God, that said, you know, redecorate the house. And it's like, that's going to be so hard. But lo and behold, the guy who moved in to rent my house is like a house flipper guy. So he knows. Oh, okay. And I go on eat on Facebook and I write, cause I'm of course losing my mind. Does anyone know a home organizer, contractor, interior decorator slash therapist? <laughs> cause I need one. <laughs> and one of my acting coaches, like everyone wrote funny things or whatever. And one of my acting coaches goes, yes, I do. Her name mm-hmm. is Alia. She has this company called carbon and bone. Here's her info. And I had a call with her today and I met with her like two weeks ago and she's perfect. And her and Devin got along perfectly and they're dealing with it for me. That's awesome. It's like, I don't have time to redecorate my house and pick out the stuff, but I do have time for someone to show me five couches and me to go that one. Yeah. 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 
So, and with Cold Iron Pictures, how do I do it all? The odd thing in my company, which to me isn't odd at all, is that almost every single person that works with me started as an intern mm-hmm. or an assistant. And they have stayed with me and I have taught them and they have, I've been able to basically teach them to take over certain jobs that I was doing. Right. Mm -hmm. So Amanda, who is my producing partner, like she is my boss now. Oh, wow. When I'm like, she's my producer, like, and we produce together. And so, you know, we're doing a movie right now with, um, we're, we're doing it, but it's like, you know, she'll do this. And then I'm like, okay, I got this. And it's like, we're great. And then with film arcade, when I started film arcade, I was one woman and there were four men. Mm -hmm. Okay. We all started together. There's five partners. I was the woman. And nothing that I said was ever listened to. Okay. And at one point, the older guy who was there, he said something and I argued with him something. He goes, woman. And I was like, did you just woman me? I don't have to agree with you. You don't need to say woman. Okay. Like, <laughs> and I was telling this story the other night. We, we did this when we first started the film arcade. We did this deal with Landmark, which was like, we were really lucky. And this woman, man, was the one who set up the deal, which was really, that was one of the things he was bringing to the table. And we go over to Landmark to have this meeting. And it's all dudes, except for me and one woman from Landmark. And, you know, at the beginning of meetings, there's a little chit chat. And it was like baseball season or something. And they start talking about baseball for like, at least 15 minutes. And I keep, I look at the other girl and she's like, rolls her eyes. And I'm like, like, I got places to be. We have things to do. Like these boys are talking about, like, let's get down to business, you know, but I can't say that. So instead, this is one of my favorite moments. I had just bought these new shoes at Nordstrom, high heels. And I flip my leg up onto the table. <laughs> I slam it down and I go, hey, you guys, look at these new shoes I just got at Nordstrom. Should we talk about that? Do you like them? And I go to the girl. I'm like, do you like them? She's like, I love them. I'm like, what do you guys think? Oh, oh, you know what? I'm sorry. Let's get, let's talk about business now. Yeah. Yeah. That's so I'm like, You're completely ignoring the two people in the, in the room. who are probably making this fucking meeting happen anyway, but that's one but of my I, favorite stories. Yeah. When I worked with, I worked with physicists for uh, about seven years and at, in the beginning they were just like, oh, whatever. You know, like, oh, whatever. I'm not going to listen to her. And I'm like, no, seriously, like, if you do this, you're going to end up in like some serious trouble financially, you know, like, 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 let's not do that. And then over time and with my like cheeky ways of, of getting things done, because I found out that if I write money in the subject line or I write your money, like they would instantly open the email and actually read it. So I, you know, or if I said your money or your your funding, like they would perk up, you know, so I I got cheeky. And then, um, you know, I I moved here to Cincinnati last week, and I started um, in the College of Medicine. But I, when I was leaving, and even now, I'm still getting emails from them going, I can't believe you're gone. Like, what are we going to do without you? And like well, all these things. I run that, like I run the money in my house. My mom did, paid all the bills from in my dad's house or the secretary paid all those. Like my, my money manager's a woman. Like, I mean, I know one or two accountants that are men 
But so many women are accountants because we can multitask. And I think we can look at the view of, of, you know, money and budgeting and moving money and whatnot in a way that is uh, creative Mm -hmm. and so stuck in, you know, this thinking like, you know, I I hate the word, the patriarchy. I think it's overused, Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I don't know another word for it other than society, but um, I think that the patriarchy has really hurt men just as much as women, just in a different way. Yeah. And men have such, they have the same, like the same types of pressures put on them to be a certain way. Like we have to be feminine and smile and look good, but they have to provide, they have to know how to build things. They have to be sporty. And if they're not there, you know, in the past we're called sissy. Yeah. And they can't be like, yeah, they can't be sensitive or talk about their emotions. Yeah. Yeah. And my husband, he had a job. And then when, when my son was six months old, I got a job in New York. I had to be gone for three months mm-hmm. and he was working and I was working and we had like a babysitter nanny. And I was like, I can't be away from my, from you guys for three months. Uh, why don't you come to New York? Your, your parents are there. And why don't you quit your job? You don't like it anyway. And then when you come back, you can like go to school because he always wanted to go back to school to go to art school. And so he's like, okay, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm like, we're, we're spending like half your salary on, on a babysitter anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. So he became, he, he, he came to New York and was like a stay at home dad with me in New York while I was working. And then he came back to LA and he goes, you know, I don't think I'm going to go back to school. Uh, and I was like, oh, what are you going to do? And he goes, I think I want to be a stay at home dad. Well, then I'm sending you to cooking school. (laughs) (laughs) So I sent him to this like cooking place so he could learn how to cook. And he raised our children and he, we did have a cleaning lady and we did have a babysitter, you know, but he like woke up, fed him, drove him to school, you know, obviously because I'm a woman for the first half of my 13 year old's life, I still had to be there at every parent teacher conference. And I, you know, they still demanded that the mother which is discriminating right. against him, by the way. Yeah, reverse. Today, I mean, the other day I was at a wedding and one of my parents' friends comes up to me and she's like, so Miranda, when's Lexi going to get a job? And I go, would you say that if I was a man and mm-hmm. he was a woman? Because mm-hmm. he had the job, he's taking care of my children and the house and going to the grocery store and picking the kids up from school and doing homework with them and doing all the PTA and all that stuff. So would you say that if he was not a man? She's like, oh, I guess not. And, and, you know, people look at him like, you know, he's not, you know, not people, but older people. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but even in, in Hollywood, you know, the reporters, they ask women, questions all the time. How do you juggle being a mom and being an actress or whatever the, you know, or they'll say, Oh, and after this awards show, like, who did you bring? Oh, you didn't bring anybody. So are you going to go hang out with Mr. So-and-so afterwards? And it, it's like, no, I'm going to go home and I'm going to hang out with my cat in a bathtub and listen to Yanni. You know, it's like, like <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, why do we have to be pigeonholed in this, in this 
area that like my grandmother, thank gosh, when I told her about 10 years ago, I said, I don't want kids. She's like, you know what? That's okay. Cause not everybody's meant to have kids. And it doesn't mean you don't like kids. And I was like, exactly. Because yeah, growing up, we get asked like, when are you going to get married? When are you going to have kids? And, and, and then you have this job and you have a career and then they're like asking the marriage and kids question. But if you were married with kids, they would go, well, why don't you have, have a kid? When are you having your next kid? When are you yeah, having your next oh, kid? Yeah. yeah. And, and so it's just, uh, I agree. There's reverse discrimination. And that's why I say like, I'm the Norma Ray and the whistleblower, because I'm like, we don't, we don't have to do it this way. Everybody can be yeah. happy doing what they want to do. And we need more encouragement. And that's, and that's really like why I wanted to interview you because you're, you're an innovator and you're a progressive thinker and you don't tell people you have to fit in this box. You know, I know it's cliche to say, throw the box. But away, I never but fit in one. And that's the exactly. thing. I and I still get asked, what would you rather do if you had to pick acting, directing, writing, producing, distributing, what, what would you do? And I'm like, all of it. I've never been able to pick one thing and <laughs> I don't have to pick just one thing like I can do a million jobs and and that's you know another thing like when you ask the question you know how do you do so much it's like I find for myself the more I am doing the more energy I have and the more I can do and the less I am doing the less I get done you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like of Mm -hmm. even the things that I have to get done I don't where it's like if I have momentum, but you know, again, I did get before the pandemic, I got way, I was on way too fast of a train. Like I even said at one point, I'm like, something has to stop because I'm going to Israel and Italy and Berlin and this, and I'm doing this movie and that movie, and I'm writing this one and I'm doing this thing. And, and I'm just, I'm like, I, I'm, I'm, I, I can't, I don't, I don't know what to do. And then it was like, shut down. Yeah. And I had to figure out how to not work so hard because I definitely used work to avoid feeling and looking at myself. And when the pandemic came and I was forced to look at how I spoke, how I reacted to things, why I was doing certain things that I was doing in a certain way, I started to go, oh, that that sentence is my mother's sentence. So I'd be like, oh, you know what? You should do this, blah, blah, blah. And so I realized I said the word should a lot to people. And I thought, well, that's not a very good word at all. And my mom says that all the time, you know, you should do this and you should do that. And you should, you know, and we think of it as like trying to help like, oh, you feel this way? Well, you should do this. But the difference between the word should and could are so massive because one is an empowering word to someone else and one is a judgmental word to someone else. So if you ask me for advice and I say, you know, you should go down the street and tell them X, Y, and Z. It's me telling you what to do and taking your power away. Whereas I say, well, you know, you could go down the street and tell them X, Y, or Z. Then you're the one who's going to make the decision to do that. That's one thing I noticed that a part of who I was and how I spoke was my mother. So I'm like, oh, that's easy fix. I just stopped this word. And I wrote the word should on a paper with a big circle and crossed through it. And I stuck it on my wall so that I wouldn't say it anymore. (laughs) 
<laughs> and of course I still get caught up saying it every mm -hmm. once in a while, but not really. And then that was like, I was a banana. Right. And that was like a peel. I peeled down. And then this idea of working so hard and never taking a break. And where did that come from? Oh, that came from my dad because that's how he taught. That's what he did. That's how he taught me. So I, so I start to peel that down. And I realized so much of who I was before the pandemic and how I express myself was learned behavior, yeah. right? Not necessarily the essence inside me. Uh, and I don't know what the essence inside me is exactly yet. Uh, <laughs> because there I is no inside that. you because you're just a bunch of tiny bouncing particles. So Exactly. But, yeah. but I know that there is a me that is beyond what I have been taught by my parents, my peers, the media, there is, there is that me. Um, and you'll say things like progressive or innovator. And I'll say things more like stubborn and don't tell me what to do. <laughs> That's the Virgo rising in us, both. Because I get, I would get myself in so much trouble when I before I started going into academia, and and it, it was because I'd be like, no, who says you say that doesn't mean it's like the truth, you know? Or you know, and people yeah. would just get so upset about it, and and I'm stubborn, and I want to do it my way. way. It is, yeah. <laughs> well, and, and it, Religion is very, you know, my, my, my in-laws are very religious and, and, and I love them. They're amazing people, but you know, their beliefs are like, no, if it's not this way, it's wrong. And I'm like, you know, there really isn't a right and a wrong. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a right and a left, but you know, like there's not really a right and a wrong. And there, no, there is, this is not the way you give the bar mitzvah. This is how we do it. Okay. Well, now I got to do two of them because I'm not doing yours <laughs> only. Of course I did because we had the pandemic, but um, well, last night I got, in, I wasn't, cause you know, I'm new to with this whole, like living together thing now with my, well, you're living with him. Yeah. So, but, but I got my own, but I got my own apartment that I'm going to be moving into right. a month from now. Cause he's like remodeling the house and I just can't deal with, you know, that Virgo in me. I just can't handle it. It needs, things need to like be Perfect. done. Yeah. yeah. But last night we were in the kitchen and I picked up a towel from the counter and he's like, no, that is only for the dishes, for the dishes to dry on. Oh my you know, God. And, and, my and you know what I did? I put it down and I came back into, and cause we, I like having separate rooms and so does he. So it's great. So I came into my room and I got on my bed and I just started like on my phone and came back to apologize. He's like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to like, you know, be controlling. I was like, and I said, that's no problem since, you know, that dish was, that's a dish towel that's supposed to dry the dishes. So I just grabbed my vibrators and I cleaned them. And then he saw me with them and I was like, I'm going to go put my vibrators that I just cleaned onto the dish towel so they can dry. <laughs> <laughs> and then he was laughing. <laughs> well, what vibrators do you have? The satisfier ones. You know those? No, I'm going to write this down. Oh we're, yeah, uh, we're doing we're doing like a. I'm gonna be like reviewing. <laughs> oh okay, Satisfier. They're by the the technology company uh, GMBH, and they're they're. Um, I have two of them, and, and they're. Uh, I yeah. still have found one that I love. Like this one that I found that I really liked broke after only three uses. Oh no! And then yeah. I got done, but you know. 
this one know. is this one looks like a, a tiny little like that it looks like a tiny little like short nozzle vacuum but it this this company gmbh their german company and they they they're like a hugely successful company for science and engineering, but they created these vibrators and it, it, it does this, this like, Oh, it does a spinny thing. Yeah. But it's like it, you can't see the spinning, but the air is spinning. Ooh. It's like inside the nozzle, the air is spinning. So it feels like, you know, like a tongue, but, but there's no touching. It's I'm just, air it. I'm definitely going to get it. Cause the Lilo is a little too much for me. Like, I'm like, no, I can't do that. It's too much. Yeah, no, it's just, it is the simplest thing. And it uses air motion like a Dyson, you know, would. The, you know, the Dyson fans, it's kind of like that, but it has a nozzle. So that's why I say it looks kind of like a little mini, like, hairdryer. But it it uses air. And it's... But let me show you the one I just got. Okay. I think we should definitely have something in the podcast where it's like, where, where you're like, this week, we're going to talk to Miranda. We're talking about our vibrators for 10 minutes. This, uh, is, this is it. Oh, oh, okay. And yeah. you can like use different heads on it. So it's, but it's literal then. It's called Satisfier. Okay. So yeah. it's just literal. Like this, which I love because it looks like a mouse. Oh, okay. Oh, I've seen those, but I've right. never. Yeah, I've seen those. I got this at South by Southwest at the Health <laughs> Expo. And it was Dame Products like seven years ago when they just started. And now they're a huge company. Uh, yeah, yeah. So but I, I like this is nice and portable. And my kids have seen it and think it's a mouse. So it's no problem. Yeah, because um, when you look at this, like, yeah, it looks like a little mini like hairdryer. Yeah, it looks like, like a light you put on your face or something. Oh, yeah. Like a face massager or something. Yeah. That yeah. And um, last night I couldn't, and it does like different speeds and vibrations on it, but I wore it out the other night. Cause my boyfriend was so tired and um, I was trying to, I thought I packed the charger, but I didn't. And so I was like looking everywhere. Like one of those little, the ones that have the, like, this is, this is, I had a massive problem and I wanted my assistant to go get me one, but I couldn't ask my assistant to go get me a, that charger. You know, it's a magnetic charger. Oh, yeah. So, um, that, the, uh, I watched once. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I should try that. Yeah. Cause it's in storage. So I'm like, well, fuck, I like wore it out and now it needs to be charged and I still have a month to go. Yeah, I so this is the other, this is the one I just got that I'm going to be reviewing on cherry pop. It is called the, the tilt clearly oh. is a, is both. And so this is an internal and external and you know, it's not that, easy to use I will say yeah I was gonna say it, it looks complicated it, it's like this part goes inside you and then this part oh, okay. is the clitoral part but mm-hmm. this is not enough for me and this one's okay. too strong for me and it's really big yeah. For me. yeah but see I like this because you can put different like different surfaces on on it but everything is like in this little like vacuum little insulated air motion I did to try that yeah, I I think like, the fact that we can even talk about this, right, right, yeah. it's huge. Yeah. Like the sexuality for women used to be such a taboo, hidden mm. thing, very short while ago. I mean, it still kind of is. I still had someone the other day be like, "Oh, well, that person's a slut," and I was like, oh, "You God. are too." <laughs> Not sure why you're. You think that that you're too good for this girl? Like, yeah, or, or even if you don't sleep with a lot of people, but you masturbate a lot, you're a self slut. I mean, you know, uh, what is a slut anyway? Everything is subjective. 
he's a guy who's like in his late forties. So it's like, he's still stuck in like, I mean, look, I was a slut for kissing Jason Bennett or whatever on the playground. Like for like, I got a horrible reputation and honestly he kissed me and I didn't even want him to. So, yeah, you know, it's like we, but we've, we are evolving into like the fact that you and I are doing this podcast and we're talking about our vibrators, like just like we would be talking about our curling iron or a new right. lipstick is a massive step for us. Yeah. And I'm sure that hurts the egos of men. You You know what? I thought my boyfriend would take offense, but he, he's cool with it. I mean, he's cool with me, like going out there and getting it like in my career realm. And he's totally supportive. Well, you could be with someone who wasn't. Oh, I know. There's no, I was single. I was single for nine years before um, I manifested him because that's what happened. And so I I just wanted to be alone because I was like, I'm not dealing with arrogant assholes. Like, it's not happening. So, yeah, he's totally supportive. So, um, yeah, ladies, if you're hearing this, um, yeah, it's okay to wait and wait for the right one. Right? I mean, don't you agree? I say wait. I mean, like, don't settle in a relationship with a man that, you know, know, hard it's it's so hard like not to like not to evaluate your self-worth based on what like some guy this is from from, like the past and my friends who are dating and whatnot like that based on what you know someone decides to ghost you or like I think this is such a society right now of overthinking too like with texts and dating apps and whatnot like I was I didn't personally pick a man to be a husband I picked a man to be a father and a man be able to like be a best friend. Yeah. Um, but I know a lot of people pick a guy that they're passionately madly in love with. Um, and that I think I've had that happen with some really bad guys before. <laughs> yeah. <Same here. laughs> uh, not that I don't still like want, you know, like my passion and I, we, you know, we have a very modern relationship you know, don't tell his parents. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, where, you know, because if you think like, if you really, and I know this is like, I, and I know my husband feels bad about it. He's like, I hate that you feel this way now. Cause like I did it before I wanted to get married. I wanted to have a wedding. I wanted to make sure my wedding was more expensive than my dad's girlfriend's 40th birthday party. You know, like <laughs> there was, you know, like I wanted that. I didn't necessarily want to be married, but I wanted a wedding. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you now I can look back and think like, okay, why did I want a wedding? Like, because that's a goal we were told that we needed to to attain, right? That is what gave us, that meant we were worth something. If we had a boyfriend, we were valuable. We were worth something. And then, yeah, actually we were sold. If you think about what what marriage was, was Mm -hmm. our fathers selling us to a, a man whose family could, ha- uh, you know, increase the wealth of both families. Yeah. So really transactional, right? Yeah. It's never been, let me marry someone for love. Let me be with someone the rest of my life. And also life, you know, when marriage started was over at 45. So, you know, he would normally kick it and then you could have another one. That <laughs> said, you weren't allowed to have anything. Yeah. So, it's going to take a while for us to get to a place where, I mean, honestly, the old, the old people have to die out. I know that sounds awful, but it's like, Mm -hmm. I was just asked, I was up for this Netflix uh, directing gig 
And I was in the top three and the producer who's about 68 years old. is like, okay, so, you know, I think we're going to go in New Zealand and we're going to go this time. And now I know you have children. And so, and I know how important it is for you to be with them. Uh, what plans would you make uh, if you have to go to New Zealand for about three months with the kids? That's a question I was just asked this that's year. A, well, first, like, that's none of their business. Like, who cares? Okay. Like, you know. like, this is in my, dire- this is my second directing interview, right? And, and it's on, it's on uh, the phone. And I said, <clears throat> his name, I said, let me ask you something, name. Which of the male directors did you, who have children, did you ask that question to? And he was like, oh, uh, none of them. And then he starts backpedaling, but I didn't mean it like that. But he accidentally digs himself into a grave. He's like, what I mean is, I know how important it is for women to be with their children. So we will fly them out and make sure that you can get a nanny and whatever you need. Cause I know how important it is for kids to have their mom around. Oh no. Just stop talking, dude. I'm like, I'm like, Oh God, you just don't even realize. Like I I just said, Oh great. Thank you. Well, um, (laughs) I have a stay at home husband. So, and it depends on, you know, if they're going to be in school or not, if they're going to be in school, then I'm going to have them stay home and be in school. He's like, oh, well, you didn't tell me that. I didn't know that. And I was like, I wasn't sure it was a requirement for the well, Yeah. I was like, I mean, you don't need to say anything. It's, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. And I was also asked this year, which I've asked every year, uh, to take less money or no money when the men doing less work or the same work as me are getting paid twice as much, if not three times as much. And I had to do a battle this year that I'm still in where I, I said to my lawyer, you know, the, the offer that I got of, of a project I developed that a big company bought, put two guys on about women in the workplace being underpaid and undervalued. Okay. Mm. Put two guys on it as EPs and they're big you know, big producers, like I'm psyched to work with them. And then my offer comes in and it is an eighth. Okay. Of the fee that these guys are getting. Mm-hmm. And there's all these other problems with the, the deal or whatever. And so I go through everything and I said, listen to my lawyer, who's a woman. I said, I need you to go back to them and tell them that I want the same money as the other non-writing EP that they put on. And she's like, what? well, Miranda, that guy's done this, 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 this. I said, I know, but we're doing the same job and this is my project. Right. Like, well, I'm afraid that this studio guy in in business affairs is going to have a heart attack. And I'm like, well, are you working for him or are you working for me? Right. No, I don't expect you to get equality, (laughs) but I can't authentically have a company like Cherry Picks or make Diary of a Teenage Girl or make this TV show without asking for parody. Yeah. I can authentically be like, oh, okay, I'll take whatever you give me so I can have a TV show on the air. No, right. I have to ask. I have to try to find a path. And like I said, I don't expect them to give it to me, but I have to ask. Yeah. So it, it's funny because that's kind of how we found each other on Instagram is, you know, as a woman, you should ask for more. You know, that was it was going on. When I was yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, in academia, the, the female professors, they don't make as much as the male professors, like generally it's still going on today. And, and then in, in my role with the physicists, I was going to leave because I was, I wasn't getting paid as well as I, I should have been. 
And thankfully, the physicist at that point, they totally loved me. And they were like, no, we don't want you to leave. So like, what do you want? So I told them, I was like, well, you know, I want I want this person as my supervisor. I want I need, I want this much money and I want to, you know, A, a B, C and D. Well, I expected them to say no to like at least 50 percent of what I was saying that I wanted, but they gave like everything to me. So it's okay to ask for more. I mean, and you know, it's weird. Cause it's like, uh, I, you know, with cold iron and film arcade or whatever, I would not give raises unless they asked mm-hmm. um, specifically for the reason to teach them to ask for a raise. Right. Yeah. And they asked, I would always give it. Unfortunately with cherry picks, there's such li- Mm. there's like such there's so many more people and such less money that it's like i'm like i'm sorry we can't you know we can't afford that and no we can't do direct deposit and no we can't do you know like healthcare yet like i just like you know but i've given raises and um i even i I think this was a mistake that i made but uh you know i did i like made all the heads at one point like have the equal salary amongst themselves because it Mm -hmm. was like there was this mutiny thing. And then I was like, well, you're all doing different jobs and you're all basically unqualified for all of them. <laughs> I'm giving you a chance, <laughs> but okay, fine. This is the top pay that I can pay ever, you know? And I didn't need to do that. A lot of those people ended up going in other places anyway, and it didn't really work out. But I do believe that you need to know your worth Um, but also know like what can be, you know, given or not, you know, it's like, can, can, like, I know that the company I'm fighting for with equal pay cannot possibly make the show and pay those guys and me the same because it would be too much. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I know I can get mine doubled. Right. (laughs) And I know I can, I can ask or whatever, but it's, it's, it's an interesting thing. Um, but it's nice to have a backup plan. I had this girlfriend of mine who was working for this lawyer and she was getting $15 an hour and she'd worked for over a year and she wanted like a raise. And I was like, why don't you ask him for 1750 and you guys can settle it like 16 or 1650. And she's like, well, I'm just afraid he's not going to give it to me. And I said, well, I'll give you a job for $15 an hour. Uh, you know, we need, you know, number, whatever, like data entry stuff. So why don't you go in there, say you've been offered another job, 1650, even though I'm only going to give you 15 (laughs) and um, that you'd like to stay and have him match you, match it, or you have to leave. And the guy didn't give it to her. Oh, wow. And she left. Good for her. And she worked for, for a traffic for a little while. And then, you know, then she moved on from there, but it's like, you know, it was so scary for her. And the guy totally didn't believe that she would do that. Yeah. You know? And guess what? He didn't get anyone else to come in for $15 an hour. You know, she was taking less than she should have at a law firm. And, and that industry is really hard to work in from what I've heard. So, I mean, I know all industries where women are still not equal, but yeah, a law firm is, is rough as it, I mean, Hollywood's rough too, but like every industry, I feel like it's just so competitive, but law, like, I feel like a law firm is like so old fashioned, you know? I think they used to be when you used to have to go to them. Yeah. Yeah. Like my lawyer is a female too. Like I don't want a male lawyer. I like to have a little of everything. <laughs> <laughs> I did have a male lawyer and he was actually really nice, but I, I didn't use him all the time. 
So is there any yeah. other questions like manifesting questions or anything that you think would be useful? Um, I usually, I usually end it with, uh, two questions. What, what is a, a law of attraction? <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> what is a, um, a law of attraction tip that you have to give to the listeners and how can they reach you if they want to learn more about you in your career? I'm on Instagram. Uh, I'd follow the at the cherry picks.com. Is it at the cherry picks for Instagram and at Miranda and Bailey. And both of those are on Twitter, Facebook, everywhere. So that's there. Do not pitch me any movies on social media. It's not a good idea to do that. Well, um, she's tacky. <laughs> it is, and it's so funny because you're like, dude, this is not what you want to do. Like, well, and also don't like send me an email is what you want to do. You want to say, hey, can I have your email address so I can have my agent or lawyer send you a pitch? And then I'll give it to you. Yeah. You know, and plus, um, it's also annoying when people like try to follow you just to, so, and then they ask, I had an actor ask me to follow him back. And I was like, you shouldn't be focusing on that. Like, that's not, that's not yeah, something you should you be focusing on. Content that's interesting to me that I want to look at. Yeah. yeah. He's like, you'd really make my day if you would follow me back. And I just like put a laughing face and I said, yeah, you really should be focusing more on, than just on that. And then I never followed him back. And then he finally gave up and like unfollowed me. And I was like, okay, bye. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm lucky that I don't really, I mean, I don't have to care too much about followers or not followers, but my daughter, you know, she's always like, Oh, you know, but she starts like a new TikTok every week. And she's like, I got a hundred likes. And I'm like, can I see I it? No. <laughs> I know. I think it's just the age of technology for the young well, on dopamine and whatnot, but the law of attraction, you know, I actually think you just kind of attract what you have, what you are, you know what I mean? So, and sometimes that's not always good. So like when something comes into your life or, you know, that's irritating or something you don't like, I always try and go, okay, what, what am I learning here? Like, what's my lesson? You know, why is this happening? How did I, what part of this is me? You know, like, because obviously not everything is against us. Like we're not all victims and obviously we're not all creating everything and it's not happening either. It's probably a, a both, but I like to think that, or for me, it, it makes me feel better. Like I got in a fight with a friend the other day and she was being very like, she was really mad at me and she was being very possessive or whatever. And I was really angry with her, but I was like, listen, I wasn't going to apologize for what I said. I said, but I will for whatever, if I ever made you feel unsafe in our relationship, because I couldn't think of anything else of why she would be jealous or possessive of me with someone else. Right. If I ever made you feel unsafe in our relationship, I apologize for that. You know, cause I was just thinking like, why, why would this happen? You know, like what's my part in it, mm-hmm. you know? And, mm-hmm. and I like to think about that with lots of things that you screw up and that's how you learn, you know, like with everything, like what is my part in it? But in terms of like attracting good things, I will say that this whole, that what has worked for me is the whole, like, okay, when someone else asks you or you ask yourself, okay, where do I want to be in a year? Where do I want to be in three years? Like in three years from today, 
what do I want to be doing? Right. And it can be something completely different than what you are doing. Then you just have to think about the details of that, not how to get there, but just go, okay, I want to be directing a movie. So like, you know, I think I want to do comedy and, you know, it'd be really fun to like, you know, be in New York to do it or whatever. Like just fantasize daydream, daydream about what the house is going to look like that you're going to decorate. And then it will end up finding its way to you. And I don't know how long that'll take or, or not take, but like cherry picks, you know, every day is becoming something new and something more. Mm-hmm. Um, and now the girls that are a part of it and and the guys that are a part of it, they're dreaming about what it can be. And it's becoming, it, it, it's, it's going to reach its full potential as long as we keep just thinking about it, right. but not thinking about it in like, oh, I'll, like lack, you know, like, but I know it's hard. Like if you don't have any money, it's hard to think I am overflowing with money. <laughs> I am, you know, all this stuff. It, it is, you know, affirmations I think are, I've never been good at affirmations except for my fat is disappearing. My fat is disappearing. <laughs> I say I weigh less mass. <laughs> I can like imagine the fat cells like disappearing. I don't know if it works or not, but I'm just going to pretend it does. But um, <laughs> money, I think, you know, not everyone, is, you know, it's given dealt the same hand. I know I've been dealt a really, really lucky hand and I don't take that for granted. And I utilize I utilize it. And I think, but my friends who have had struggles with money in the end, they've always been okay and and made it through. I know it's so hard and it's kind of like, I'm going to use this like snowboarding analogy, which is I started learning how to snowboard this year. And it's really scary when you turn backwards uh, because you can't see where you're going. Mm -hmm. And so I would say, just trust the mountain, Miranda, trust the mountain. Now the mountain has nothing to do probably with what I'm doing, but me saying, just trust the mountain made me feel safe enough to try to turn mm-hmm. and make a turn. And I, I was successful every time when I said, just trust the mountain. And I think with the things that you want to happen in your life, whether it's find someone to fall in love with whether it's to get a better job, whether it's to, you know, recover from a disease, which obviously that's also pretty hard is just, I do really think that, that there's outside entities that are helping us and that we just have to trust that we're just part of this drop Mm -hmm. of ocean that is the world. Yeah. the flow. Yeah. Cause the, the universe, the universe's energy is it it's existence in itself is to reflect like a mirror. So you, I mean, it influences itself all the time. It can't be, you know, taken away or added. So you, I mean, people say trust the process, but that it's true because when I made the decision a month ago, I said, okay, I'm done with the long distance relationship. I want to live with my boyfriend, I want to, you know, I'm re- we're ready for this. And I let go of the how. And literally two weeks later, I got the offer from the university up here. 
I got a shit ton more money and I now my moving expenses are paid for and here I am. And I, as if I had known that this was going to happen a month ago, I probably wouldn't have worried so much for the first like week of trying to figure out how, and it's a lesson you constantly learn. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're so right. And the thing is, is we don't need to know this goes back to women too. We don't need to know how right. we just need to know that we will. Yeah. The how will happen. Yeah. And, and, I, and I say this and I stress this. It is a constant learning journey because I've manifested so much. I manifested everything I ever wanted and I'm still learning. And that's yeah. okay. And that's okay. Well, God, what, what, what are you going to do if you stop learning? Might as well just die. Exactly. I mean, life is a never ending series of problems to solve. <laughs> yeah. And really? that's what, and that's what makes it fun and interesting because like you said earlier, you said, well, what if I, what if I don't, you know, become successful? Well, what if you do? Yeah. 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 Then that, that's, you know, and my daughter's like, well, what if no one likes me? And I'm like, but what if they really like you? I mean, if you can say one, you have to say the other. Otherwise, you're being unfair. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for talking with me and for doing this podcast. I, I really I find you so inspirational. And uh, I'm just so thankful, really and truly, for um, taking the time out of your busy, busy schedule to talk to me and do this. Um, well, this I, is one I like. This is the one, you know, this is one I really wanted to do. And I really like you and I love what you're doing. And, thank you. you know, I think it's so important to share just challenging and positive stories for, for everyone, because, you know, we're, we, it's hard to do this alone. And it's, you know, I get a lot of inspiration from, you know, audible and podcasts and, you know, Instagram, whatever's and, uh, I think a lot of, a lot of women do. So thank yeah, you. And we, and when we were kids, we didn't have these kinds of resources. Um, no, that is Danny Zuko and Olivia mm-hmm. Newton-John. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was going to say like, it wasn't accepted to just like do what we're doing now, even though we're not where we want to be. But, you know, I just, I just think that young women today, they, they have, so many resources at their fingertips and they should just carpe diem like seize the day and and it's women like you who give all of us the inspiration to keep going so thank you you're welcome and gratitude is a big thing like people there's a lot of younger people right now that i think and this might be need to go edit it earlier but that think that they just, you know, should have it already. Now I did too, when I was in my twenties, like, why am I not already a a famous movie star? Like, why am I not on, you know, friends or whatever? This is ridiculous. The idea of paying your dues is a weird spin, like a negative spin on the idea of creating uh, experience, right? And that you are not owed something just because you want it right? You do have to be grateful that you get an opportunity to attempt to get what you want. And I think that's super helpful, but don't take any shit either. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Well, Um, bye Jacqueline. It was so lovely. And it was so lovely to talk to you too. And I hope you have a wonderful night. 
So are you ready to manifest even faster? Go to your country's Amazon website and type in don't feel stuck. Seriously, your soul will thank you. See you next time, manifestors. Like we do it.